The swim jig technique is one of the most successful ways to put fish in the boat. Time in and time out, Bravani Bait swim jigs are just the right tool for the job. Beaming with quality, the Bravani swim jigs come in a myriad of colors, feature the best premium hooks and solid trailer keepers to give you, the serious bass angler, the confidence you need to accomplish your goal of putting more fish in the boat. So go to BravaniBaits.com and start climbing the ladder to swim jig success. Rageous Outdoors is quickly becoming the industry leader in tournament fishing apparel. There's no better way to represent your sponsors than with a Rageous jersey. At Rageous, you can get a short sleeve, long sleeve, sweatpants, the best prices in the industry. Rageous also offers club and team discounts, special high school and college prices. Our website is easy to navigate, and Rageous's staff will make the process quick and easy for you. Rageous Outdoors, offering high-quality tournament apparel for the weekend angle. Outfit yourself from head to toe. Check out Rageous online at www.rageous.com. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Welcome back to Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. Uh, this is the popcorn. Uh, hey. This is Ryan Whitaker right here. And right now, uh, finally, we're making this happen. Your 2017 Forest Wood Cup champion, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Atkins. Yeah. Woo. We'll see, uh, it, this is finally happening, Justin. Yeah, man. We're making it happen for sure. It, it's finally there. It's, give me an internet high five. Internet high five right there. Boom. Are you sleepy right now? You look a little sleepy. I am, man. Yeah. More out. It's been uh, it's been nonstop for about two weeks, and I've I've got a uh, nine week old black lab puppy. And last night he did not want to let me sleep, so oh, I'm wow. a little right now. What's his name? His name is Zeus. Zeus. That's very appropriate. That's Solid, that, uh, that's awesome. I think this is the best background we've had. Yeah, so far. I, I see that. I see a little cup back. There's a chalice <laughs> behind you. What is that pimp chalice? Oh, that would be your uh, 2017 Lake Murray Champion Cup. Oh right yeah, there. round of applause for that. Where's our studio audience for that? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy cow! You should see the signs they're holding up for you out here. That's it's, awesome. It's amazing. Well, first thing off the bat, I have a business proposition for you. Are, are you ready? Go for uh, it. Okay, like, so we just had your buddy on, okay? Uh, what, what's his name again? Uh, something Lee. Something I, Lee, yeah. yes. It's Stan Lee. Yeah, Spike Lee. We just, had Spike, yeah. we just had Spike Lee on. Well, seriously, all kidding aside, this is completely uh, a true story that I'm just making up right now. So here's the deal. <laughs> so we get you, all right? Justin Atkins, Forcewood Cup champion, 2017, 27 years old. We get Jordan Lee, 2017 Bassmaster Classic champion, 26 years old. And what we do is we create a pay-per-view event. Cage match, dude. Fight to the death. Cage match, fight to the death. No holds barred. Pay-per-view, 99 bucks a pop. I think it'll go down in in, in history as, as a crazy event. Are you talking them fishing against each other? No, we're talking we're match. talking MMA fighting. We're talking. He don't. He don't want none. He don't want none of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a money maker, though, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We better start off by like arm wrestling with like non casting arms. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to make yeah. sure. Yeah, rock 'em sock 'em robots. But I mean, you, I know that you got a giant check that said three hundred thousand dollars on it. But, but, but think about the possibilities of this pay per view event. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could, we could definitely, you know, make a dollar or two more. You I could, mean, most of them would be coming to see me. Since I'm kind of like Justin Mayweather. 
but a few people might want to watch George. <laughs> do you, do you notice that he looks like Conor McGregor? That popcorn does. Can you see the shocking uh, resemblance? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. He's a lot more petite though in real life. In slightly better shape than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's uh, let's get to know Justin Atkins, okay? Let's give right. us a little bit of Justin Atkins history. Bring us through the bring us from the starting gates, dude. Um, you know, when I was just a kid, probably four or five years old, my dad would take me rim fishing, and that you know turned into me bass fishing at the age of seven or eight. You know, he'd take me in the afternoons and things like that. And um, by the time I was probably nine, we would fish a team tournament or two in the summer, you know, and I mean, that was just for fun, just to say that we were doing it. But by the time I was probably 12 or 13, we were pretty serious, you know, fishing a lot of team tournaments all over the state. And uh, at 16, I started fishing BFLs and weekend series as a co-angler. And um, at 20, I, you know, started fishing the coast events. I started fishing BFLs as a boater when I was 19. I fished wow. the coast as I was 20, went back, uh, to college when i was 22 and um fished for mississippi state um when i got done with that i got a job opportunity in florence working for timmy horton i moved up here and fished the alabama bass trail and some bfls and um worked and i got another job opportunity um working for lake master and that allowed me a lot more time off and i kind of started out with the idea of um working for lake master and trying to open like a guide business gotcha and the uh, rumor got out on the street that the All-American was going to be on Pickwick, which is, you know, my home lake. Yeah. And it was going to be this year. And so instead of working on that guide business, I kind of started focusing my efforts on getting money together to fish the tour. You know, I would work for Lake Master and fish the tour because I felt like if I could get enough money together to get started, plus the first tournament was going to be on Gunnersville, I didn't know what to expect on how well I would do, but I did expect to, you know, do well enough to possibly get a check. And, uh, just get the year started off with one. I should get a check in and then make it to the All-American. I felt like I'd have a good event there. I didn't know if I would win or not, but I felt like I should have a good event and run on a Ranger boat and Ranger Cup money. Um, I felt like that would, you know, definitely get me through the year. Here, those came to visit. There's Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's outstanding. He's chasing that tennis ball. I he see get, that. He thing get far from him. He'd probably um, fit in that cup, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would right now, but not much longer. He's growing like a weed. But uh, so anyway, so that's you know that's kind of where I got my start. And um, the regional last year was going to be at Lake Dardanelle, which is a lake that I've had some success on before. And so I decided that by um, you know if I could make the All American through that regional, that I was going to sign up and fish the tour. And um, I ended up finishing third at Dardanelle and. Made the All Americans at the first day available. I called and paid all my deposits, and nice. About I don't know nine months later, here we are. The, and, wow. the, and there it is, dude. In a, in a phenomenal season this year on the on the FLW tour, and um, wow, winning the Forest Wood Cup as a yeah, rookie. Awesome. Holy yeah. cow! You are blessed, dude. Sincerely, absolutely. you are blessed, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, that's. You know, and that's a lot of people ask me about pressure, and did I feel any pressure all year? No, I really didn't because I felt like, you know, God had a plan and He lined it up for me, and um, I just felt like it's where I was supposed to be all year, and it's it's been really good for sure. Dude, it, everything happens in life for a reason. We hear it all the time, it's, and there is no coincidences. That is for sure. Did you uh, uh, did you feel like you were going to win during your practice? No, uh, 
a lot of people ask me that. I felt like after practice, um, there was going to be about four or five guys that were really going to be on the deal. I, I felt I told Rob Newell he's going to get one fishing cane piles, hands down, period. And I felt like there was going to be four or five guys that were really going to run amok and you know really catch them. I knew I'd be one of those four or five, but I didn't know I didn't know that I was going to be the one that's going to win. Um, you know, a buddy of mine texted me and said, "What's it going to take?" And I said, 18 pounds a day. And he said, can you catch that? And I said, yes. So, I mean, I felt good about it, but I knew there was going to be some other guys that were really going to lay the hammer on them, too. You put them in the boat. I did. I mean, I that's... Mean, it worked out. That was that was the craziest thing, you know, going around asking everybody. And, you know, we interviewed a bunch of the guys, and everyone was losing fish. Everybody. I mean, I, I think you had a few key misses, too, but it sure seemed like you were putting more of them in the boat. What, what was the yeah. key in doing that? You know, a lot of, um, the only, I had some fish that would just miss my topwater bait, and mm-hmm. that's just going to happen. But I only had two fish that I felt like were possibly hooked that came off, and they immediately, you know, kind of hooked up at the beginning of the cast and then pulled off. And so I don't know how well I ever had them hooked or anything like that, but once I started fighting the fish, I never lost one. Wow. Gotcha. Wow. You know, if I ever long got three, four reel turns on one that I was fighting, I never lost one the whole event. And that's, you know, what, you know with, with treble, you're catching a lot of them with treble hooks. And, yeah, uh, all of them. Every, long casts, yeah. I mean. Every one of them. Come on, them. you know, and I'm a little stick. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes they blow up on it and line maybe gets wrapped up on them or anything else. You know, several things could have happened to those fish that I felt like were hooked up for a second and come free. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the ones that I landed, I think the deal was I like to throw straight braid. And I used to always kind of throw two step of a rod, and you'd bend your hooks out right. or rip a big hole in the fish, you know, and he'd jump, he'd come free. But I've gotten over that complex as I've gotten older, and I've realized that I don't have to have a super stiff rod. And so um, throwing that big pencil popper, you know, it's almost right at six inches long. I don't know how much it weighed. I mean, it's a bunch. You could throw that thing like a missile. And so I went to a seven-foot, five-inch rod, which was long enough to really load up and throw that bait. But I was throwing a uh, a real a composite action, kind of a medium action rod, so it really loaded up when a fish would hit it way out there. Well, that braid would take all the slack out, and you could just put pressure on with that rod, but it loaded up so good it wouldn't bend your hooks out. Right. And once you got them hooked up on that, that rod played them so well. I mean, I just horsed them to the boat and flopped them in. You know, I didn't even worry about getting the net unless it was a true just giant. And to be honest with you, if it had been any time other than that i would have just flopped them you been yeah. flipping them right in that boat no time yeah. for netting that's right i just i don't know I, i'm not real coordinated trying to hold a rod here and a net here so a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. if they're real big i like to get on the back deck where the boat's the lowest in the water and just kind of slide them over that gondola and that's bring deal. them in there that's called hackney in them not dude. something people practice i don't think <laughs> the net thing yeah. no definitely not you know but if uh it's gonna, if I'm ever going to be in a light line tournament, people may make fun of me because I'll be out there on a Tuesday trying to net them. But, uh, <laughs> it's definitely something, if I'm ever going to be in a tournament where I have to use it, I'm going to practice it before yeah. before that event gets there. Good idea. Hey, when we you were on stage, um, we, we were watching you from backstage at the Cup. Uh-huh. And you told the story, man, that, I mean, and it, and it I mean, and, dude, you, you, you were welling up. You, I mean, what an emotional, overwhelming experience. But you told the story about how you got sad because um, 
there was a certain gentleman retiring. Um, yeah, and and, it, and you wanted to get your trophy from that. Tell us the story. I'll, I want to hear you it, tell it. Uh, when I was like, gosh, I don't know. You'd have to look. I was born in 1990, and so whatever year this guy retired, you could do the math. Figure how old I was. I think it was in about 97 or 98. So I was about eight years old. Um, me and my mom and dad and my sister were all sitting around the living room watching TV. And my dad's flipping through Bassmasters and. Um, he just reads an article, and he's like, golly, Ray Scott's retiring, you know, from BASS, which that was the time when ESPN, you know, bought him, and Ray was, you know, ready to retire. He had created a dynasty there. Um, so I just got up and left the room. Well, probably like 10 or 15 minutes goes by. My mom come in there, and she's like, what's wrong with you? I was laying in my bed. The lights cut off. I was crying. And <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with you? You know, like everything was fine. She didn't know what was going on. And I just turned around and I looked at her, and I said, I wanted Ray Scott to hand me the trophy when I won the classic, you know. And so at eight years old, that's all I cared about, you know, was bass fishing and being a professional fisherman. And that meant a lot to me then. So, you know, people always say, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I want to be a fisherman. That's right. And, and it never changed. You know, it's that's all I've ever wanted to be. You know, I might have tried to make my mom happy and say, well, I'm going to be a dentist when I grow up. But, like, that was never the plan. Like, I want to <laughs> <laughs> want a fish, dude. <laughs> I didn't want to, I tried to help her sleep better at night once or twice and told her I was going to be a doctor or a white lies. You know, we're fishermen. We're fishermen. That's right. <laughs> so is it still a goal, Justin, to win the Bassmaster Classic? Is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, everything. You know, nobody's ever won AOI in both divisions and won the Cup and the Classic. You know, nobody's ever that done that. Cool. And you always strive to do everything you know i mean as sure. a fisherman you win angle of the year every year you always want to win the cup you know you want to fish the other um you know the other top tier level of fishing and you want to win angle of the year there and you want to win the classic there i mean it's not you know i don't ever want to be complacent and you know let's say that in the next three or four years i end up making that swap and i win anger of the year and the classic over there well then we're gonna figure out how we're gonna fish them both and win them both in the that's same right year. that's the deal <laughs> you know there's always another goal to strive for you don't ever want to be complacent because i promise these other guys aren't there they're figuring out what they can do to be the best every day and, sure um you know that's what that's what makes the sport fun you yeah. know it's there's no there's no plateau to it there's always something else that you could do you know, to be the best. So that's that's what we're striving for, for sure. And, and I your, love that. Your, yeah, absolutely. And your your buddy Jordan just told us that, you know, when we hear it from a lot of guys that come on this show, that you're only as good as your last derby. Yeah, you really are. I mean, it's, yeah. and you, you stated it right there. You cannot be complacent in this sport because bassing ain't easy, dude. Let's, let's face it. This is not exactly an easy right. game, dude. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um I love listening to like motivational speakers and things like that. And um, Eric Davis, I think, is the you know a really big one. I like to listen to, and he talks about. I, I don't watch a lot of professional football, but he talks about a commercial. Um, somebody just won the Super Bowl, and uh, the dude hits a rep on the bench press, and he says, "I just won the Super Bowl. I'm gonna take a break." And he holds that you know <laughs> three point five up for two seconds, and then he goes back to repping. And he, you know, his break was for one second, you know, because if. You know, I could sit here and just be content. I just won the Forestwood Cup. It's great. I'm going to take a break until January. Dude, I'm not going to be prepared when January gets here. you got to be fishing. 
you got to be doing your homework. I mean, it's cool. When I walk through the living room, I can look at this and keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, zoo, zoo, oh, we, we lost. Hold on. No, well, hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. Zeus, I think Zeus stepped on go. the computer. There, there he is. Okay. Good. Hey, we're doing this thing on the uh, on the Bookface Live as well as uh, StraightCast.net, and your fans have some some questions for you. Are, are you ready? Let's have them. Excellent. What's going on, JP? Hi, the hip-hop fisherman. What do you got for, uh, for uh, Justin Atkins? My mic doesn't work. I can hear you. I can hear him. He wants to know. Uh, Talk into it, though. Was every, uh, was every fish caught on that pencil popper that you weighed? Yes, everyone. I caught them all. I would have caught all 15 on the exact same one, but after a fish number 13, I lost the one I'd been throwing all week. Um, I got a little careless, and I let my line get through my uh, split ring, and um, I think I had a big striper take it from me. Ooh. But they were all on the exact same style of bait, and, um, you know, I mean, it was the exact same one. It just wasn't the same one, if that makes <laughs> right. sense. Right. So you never threw a fluke-style bait. That's what he's really asking. You know, I, I didn't practice a little bit, but I didn't seem to catch the size fish I was going to catch on that pencil popper. I caught a lot more two-pounders with the occasional good one and throwing that big pencil popper. I got less bites, but I caught a lot of good ones with the occasional two-pounder. Hmm. He was asking some kind of, is there a glide deal with that fluke? I'm interested in that. What does that mean? Um. Yeah, there's, you know, I played with it a little bit. Um. There's several different ways you can kind of rig it to make it run real straight. And, you know, that's what you want when you're hair and fishing. You don't want that thing running through the water doing this or, you know, hitting this number. I mean, hair runs real straight. And if you get it rigged really good and straight, you could just reel it real fast and then um, kind of kill it. You know, and that's really when you would get your bites. But you'd want the thing to run just as straight as possible. And I got a little frustrated with it um, because you'd make it run straight for 10 casts and, and you'd really try to heave it out there, and it'd slide down the hook a little bit, and it'd be helicopter. I just stuck it back in the rod box. I was kind of over that. <laughs> you got the eye my back out. Go with the I stock. Like to, yeah. I decided I like watching my bait come back too much, and that kept me entertained in the slow time. So um, I just stuck with the big top water. That's good stuff. Uh, the only other question I really liked was, have you drinking out of the cup? <laughs> not you know and everybody's like you gonna go john cox and fill it full of slushy and whatever else you know you put chocolate milk in there when you got up the next morning i mean all that stuff but um with this one i'm sure it will come off but they put something on it to make this one a little tighter where the top doesn't want to come off because in years past they said you know people have picked it up during the winning moment the top trying to come off you know so they this one's I pulled on this one pretty good, and top didn't come off, so I'm just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> leave it. Don't it, don't break that thing. Don't don't break it. Hey, what what do you what do you want to accomplish um, in this following year as as the Forestwood Cup champion? What are your goals in the, with this platform? You know, I would love to win another event next year, a regular season. That would be really awesome. Um, you know, if nothing else, I'd just like to do better than Angler of the Year. I'd like to do better than Angler of the Year every year. I know there's gonna come a point where you can't do better. But I finished 22nd this year. I had one really bad event and one that, you know, a couple that I should have done a little better. And so I felt like I had a good year. I just kind of didn't show the year I should have had, if that makes sense. And I don't mean to, you know, for that to sound arrogant in any way or nothing like that. I just kind of know what could have been if I'd made some better decisions. So the biggest mm-hmm. thing is to make better decisions next year and always do better. And uh, so I'd like to I'd like to do better in the name of the year standings. Um, a great goal would be to win an event. And, uh, you know, just better myself. Always. There's always room for improvement. 
Hey, we got a uh, we got a question uh, that just came into me, viewer mail here, right. and this is from Jordan in Alabama. Okay, hmm. this is from Jordan in Alabama, and he wants to know how many years has Justin rocked the same polo, aka Ralph Lauren white hat? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, let's see. I got my polo hat when I was like. 13 and i don't think i hung it up until the beginning of this year so i probably i, I rocked a polo hat for a solid 12 years of my life i really appreciate that hat does Jordan it kind of like to hate on it though i'm not sure why what, the why same did, exact hat like, no i had i had two different ones okay. I, one would last for about five years about all the good i could get out of it where's oh, the hat at where is this hat to be honest with you, I don't know. I've lost it. I've lost my most recent one in the house move lately. Do you think Zeus chewed it up? Uh, I I would let him if I could find it. <laughs> and by the way, um, uh, Jordan from Alabama also um, confessed to us previously. I don't know if you saw the interview or not, but he want when he grows up, he wants to be Justin Atkins, win a Forestwood Cup, and have a beautiful wife. That that were that was his That's- goals and aspirations. That's a really good goal to have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right there. Hey, you won $300,000, okay? And we hear this all the time, um, that winning a Forest Wood Cup or winning a Bassmaster Classic can equate to $1 million in, in product endorsements and appearances and everything else. Is that realistic? Is that realistic, Justin? Um. Over the course of multiple years, I'd say absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> when you said that, I kind of made me think of uh, my, a line out of my favorite movie when Forrest Gump gets uh, shot in the buttocks. He says that was a million dollar wound. But I ain't seen a dime of that dollar, of that money yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's it. That's it in a nutshell, right? There. <laughs> the million dollar cup. <laughs> no, it. Uh, it definitely is. You know, this day and age, you have so many fishermen. I would say 15 years ago, absolutely, it was a million dollar deal right off the, you know, right off the bat. It's definitely, uh, it's worth a lot of money for sure. And I would say over the course of a couple of years, building some relationships with companies and building on them, you know, year after year, within a few years, you could definitely, you know, accumulate. You know what you've done over those past few years. I'm not going to say it becomes like a million dollar every year kind of deal, but it's it's definitely worth a lot of money. Yeah. So, have you seen any of this? I mean, you were just doing the Forrest Gump reference there, but have you start started to see some offers? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's unbelievable. I'm not going to say it makes it just super easy to you know all these people call and just want to start mailing me checks but it makes it a lot easier to get in the door with these people sure create, you know relationships with them and be able to talk to them because when i call them they know who i am and yeah. you know and i'm not just a kid from alabama anymore you um, just walk into the meeting with that cup under your arm you know that's right you know that definitely <laughs> you know that just definitely helps open the door that's and, a uh, that's a notch on the belt yeah it, it sure is hey um i had uh I had brunch with Bill Taylor earlier today. Yeah, we we went to Waffle House for brunch, and and he yeah he had the Oriental omelet, and and I had and I had biscuits and gravy. Okay. And um and Bill wanted me to ask you since you're 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 a big shot now. I mean you you are you're, you're definitely oh. you're kind of a big deal. Okay, you really are. <laughs> 
So Bill People said, know you. Bill said, Pat, he knew you were coming on the show tonight. So Bill's like, Pat, run this by Justin and see what he thinks. And, and he's got this new rule proposed. And it's called um, Bill Taylor's uh, three rods on deck, one in hand. So in the 2018 season, he, he's thinking about limiting you guys to four sticks. Four Sorry. sticks, okay? So he wanted to know if you had to pick four sticks to bring on the boat with you, and only four, what would those combos be? What would those combos be? Um, I would have, if I could only have four rods that I was going to take all year long. Yes, sir. I would have two seven-foot, uh, three-inch Abu Garcia fan assistas and medium heavies. Gotcha. I would have a Abu Garcia villain two in... Uh, I would have it. In, I mean, a seven six. Uh, sorry, I would have a villain two and a seven six medium heavy, and then I would have a seven eleven heavy flipping rod. Um, those seven uh, three fan assistors, you can do anything on them from swim a jig, throw a spinner bait, throw a big worm out deep, whatever. And then I would have a seven six for kind of like your bush flipping things like that, and then your heavy punching. I'd use the seven eleven. I'd put Revo STXs on all of them and uh, Berkeley Trilane. Four carbon or braid. Boom! Uh, you nailed it right there. Have you had a chance to try the new, um, the new Revo Generation Fours yet? Yes, I have. Awesome. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, uh, I, I've 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 been using the ALX and the MGX and the MGX Stream, but I'm really looking forward to to the new line, the Premiers and the and the STXs mm-hmm. and, and the SXs. So the new Rocket. Yeah, I mean, why? Uh, I mean, now that you're kind of a big deal, man. I mean, you should probably be throwing all MGX Streams. Yeah, well, I'll... Uh, like I'll Mike Iaconelli. Yeah, that's right. We'll have to talk to some people about that. Pretty, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be pretty content with throwing some uh, SSs and XTXs if uh, that's what that's what they want to toss my way. But, uh, <laughs> that, I, throw, I like throwing the MGX on some like, lighter stuff, like a jerkbait, things like that. Uh, those MGXs are unbelievable for that. You can cast a jerkbait a mile. Uh, when I get into like real heavy duty stuff, I like the Premier, the STX, um, the SX, the Rocket. You know those reels do a really good job when you're throwing braid or you know just horsing big fish, being abusive to your reel thing like things like that. Connor McGregor over here loves the Rocket. He loves and the, yeah. the STXs too. The Gen One STXs are just like bulletproof. Yeah. Those are I Brian Thrift's reels. Yes, they are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> those are Thrifty's reels. Hey, um. We play game shows here. Have you ever been on a game show? Or are you ready to play a game show? Uh, I'm, I guess I was born ready. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course you are. You're a Forcewood Cup champion. We're going to play the Bass and Match game. Are you ready? Let's do it. Miss Jackson, give me a beat. Ah, yes. There it is. Are you ready for the Bass and Match game with 2017 Forcewood Cup champion? Justin Atkins. Tell him the rules, Pat. This are the rules, Brian. <laughs> Justin, I am going to give you a phrase and you relate it to bass fishing. Okay? The first phrase to you, Justin, is sabotage. Sabotage. If I fish the Elite Series, I would sabotage Jordan Lee's boat. Boom! That is a winning answer right there. We got that one. <laughs> Old Hopalong. Old Hopalong. Well, guys, I'm gonna go out here on Pickwick, out on them ledges, and I'm gonna get my jig, and that's you know, that's just my old hop along. That's your old hop along, <laughs> but that is the wrong answer. Old hop along is Brandon Cop. 
Oh, yeah. Brandon. I forgot about Brandon. Yeah. Brandon? He's Captain. Yeah. <laughs> you did that to his leg. We found that out backstage at the Cup, too. So. I did. Yeah, you I, did. I, I was trying to see into the future how the Cup was going to go down, and so I was trying to give myself every advantage. <laughs> like a Nancy Kerrigan thing. The moneymaker. The moneymaker. Um... That I'm a little stick definitely my money <laughs> That was a money maker. That was a $300,000 check casher right there. Uh, thugs. Straight up thugs. And there is a specific thing that I'm supposed to know what that stands for. Or you just want to. I want to know. It? I want you to relate thugs to bass fishing. Um. Those big smallmouth in the current at uh, Mississippi River were some straight up. Uh, that, that's right. That's ex- that's exactly that's where right I was going with that right there. <laughs> surf casting. Surf casting. Whoo! Uh, <laughs> out there, I don't like Murray and all that traffic. I felt like I was surf trying to surf cast the whole time. <laughs> you sure surfing. were. That's exactly. That's exactly it. The last one to you here, Justin, is Mississippi mud. Mississippi mud. I love uh, that spinnerbait and some Mississippi mud. <laughs> That's the deal right there. <laughs> Justin Atkins, you are a winner right here on Straight Cast. Yes. We are going to send you uh, uh, in a, let's see, what your, your what's your, an I'm a stick 131 we're going to send you. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. That's your prize, right? We there. can't send it with hooks, though. Yeah, no hooks, no yeah. hooks. That's, that's and we're removing replace. we're removing the lead because of the laws in in, in California. Right. I got you. So basically, no, you're getting a basically. shell. You're getting a shell there. <laughs> um, you know, you're a role model. Do you realize that you're a role model? That you are now a force to be reckoned with, not only amongst your peers, but you are a role model to old and young alike. How does that feel to you, man? I'll be honest with you, that's the most, uh, I think that's the hardest thing to kind of wrap my mind around. You know, it's it's cool, I won the tournament, and yeah, I won a bunch of money, and all that's great, and that's what I've strived for my whole life, and I look forward to the next tournament, things like that, but getting up every morning and being like, you know, people are looking up to you, pay attention to what you're doing today. You know, I tell myself that every morning when I get up, and not that I, you know, ever act like a fool in public, but. People I do all the time. I do that. I, <laughs> he's stopping a little earlier at yeah. stop signs now. That's right. Just, yeah. uh, I just try to pay attention to, you know, what I do and what I say. And um, just be sure to, you know, just pay a little more attention to what's going on around me. Um, I remember, I, I try to remember what it was like being eight years old and looking up to somebody. And so, you know, if I see kids in a tackle store fishing, I try to give them a high five and talk to them about whatever, you know, just just doing things like that. You know, you can't ever forget where you came from. And be like Roland Martin. And just like if you see kids, you you throw them a bag of bait and you say, you don't work these, son. They work for you. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) Just like that. Hey, speaking, speaking of you looking up to guys when you're eight years old, who did you look up to when you were eight years old? Who was your guy? You know, when I was eight years old, probably Larry Nixon. Yeah, that's um, the right answer. At 27 years old, I kind of got like a man crush on Jason Christie. Greg Christie's Hackney. awesome. You know, so. Hack attack, I mean, And of course, Jordan Lee, but I mean, I've been in the boat with him. <laughs> with so. Hey, you know what Hackney told us, dude, which was one of the coolest things he ever said on this show? 
that one of his things on his bucket list is to catch a uh, a great white shark on a flip stick. That's pretty awesome, dude. Come, that's Hackney. Yes, that, that is a force to be reckoned with. Right? Yeah, there. he's a he's a cool dude. You know, he has a show. I don't know if anybody watches it or knows about it, but it's Louisiana Sportsman TV. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure it airs. You know, in Louisiana, I always get on YouTube and watch it. And he does everything, just anything outdoors. You know, he's bass fishing. Red fishing, squirrel hunting, deer hunting, whatever, you know. Chukacabra hunting. Absolutely. I and mean, he does it all. And he's so just good and methodical. And, you know, everything he does, he's 100% about it, you know, in the outdoors. And I just, I think that's awesome. You know, I, I strive to be like that one day. Dude, you're getting there. I mean, absolutely. You're on the right path, dude. You're, uh, one of the things that intrigues me about you is you are definitely, um, an offshore dude. You're an offshore dude. Um, a lot of anglers throughout the, the country were, were basic, were, were FBRs. You know what FBRs are? I do not. We're freaking bank runners. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That's, that's, and I said it politically correct here on, <laughs> on the show. But a, a lot of offshore fishing uh, is intimidating to many anglers. So, can you give some words of wisdom and advice? Like you're going to go out to a lake you've never been on. How do you, how do you get an offshore deal going? You know, I guess the best way to gain confidence is, you know, if you, you have to live on a lake where an offshore bite is, you know, prevalent where, you know, I live on Tennessee river, but there's a lot of places, clear lakes, things like that. I grew up on a river. that's always dirty. I mean, I didn't make an overhanded cast till I was 19 years old. I was steady pitching. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love it. <laughs> and, um, but living on, you know, coming to Pickwick a lot and living here now, you know that there's an offshore bite, and so you take all your shallow rods out and you make yourself go out there and learn how to do it. That's the first way to gain confidence. But, you know, a lot of people get too hung up in how vast being out off the bank is, but it's really not. If you have a good you know chip i run a lake master chip in my home birds um if you have a good chip shows you good bottom contours things like that and then learn how to just read your graph as far as like um you know it's got a little cardinal direction on the side says what 50 feet or 100 feet is learn how to read that just and then without having to look over there and measure it train your eyes to just look at the distance from that waypoint you know okay well i'm about 70 feet well 70 feet's about this far and I like to do things like th- drop a buoy out and waypoint by that buoy, and then I'll back off, and I can scroll out there to that waypoint and say, well, that's gotcha. 100 feet, and that's about what it looks like, or whatever. And just train yourself to use your electronics. I mean, when you get really dialed in and you know how far things are and how to read them and whatnot, dude, offshore fishing's way easier than fishing on the bank. Gotcha. You made wow. it seem so less intimidating to me right yeah, now. Yeah, that was good In stuff. fact, I'm very With comfortable right now. I'm going to ask my mom to bring me some hot milk. <laughs> so I can relax even more. I, no, that's that's phenomenal. That was that was good words of words of wisdom there. Um, so basically, on this on this offshore deal too, I got I got to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. You, you kind of told us how to how to break it down there. So it's the basic tools of the trades. I mean, are you so when you go out there? I imagine that that you just can't go wrong having a jig tied up. I mean, that's a good search bait. Yeah, that's bait. always a good offshore bait for sure. You know, and if you're um, fishing places where the fish are really schooled up or going to school up, you know, a crankbait's really good. You can cover a lot of water um, and catch a lot of fish, you know, 
throwing a crankbait and not and sometimes not even so much catch a lot of fish but it'll get you a bite then you can slow down and really fish an area but um places where you're just fishing deep in general and the fish may not be scored up maybe like a fish or two kind of deal uh a jig's great a shaky head's great whether it be a light when you throw on a spinning rod or a big shaky head like a three-quarter or something gotcha. you, know, you throw a larger worm um you know that's always really good and then when you get to the heron style lakes really clear lakes where fish can see 15 20 feet in the water you know throwing that big top water bait to call them up is also really good hey tell us about uh speaking of offshore stuff tell us about um your buddy shane's baits what uh the shane's umbrella rig yeah shane's baits makes the absolute best umbrella rigs on the market it's got the you know great high quality components um you know, it makes the blades a glory. I'm all about a bladed rig. I absolutely love it. It's almost rig season here on Tennessee River. I can't wait to get out there and catch a hundred a day on it. And uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be firing the blades of glory around. Don't you worry. <laughs> but you're kind of getting off into some of my bags of secrets. Now. Well, that's what we're trying to do. See, I got, okay. there's a method to my madness there, Justin. There you go. Now, the, speaking of secrets here, like you talked about fishing those dirty rivers, man, and I've been I've been throwing that mini me in that dirty water on the river, yep. just kind of roll casting it like a, like a, like a spinner bait, dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, did, have you done that kind of deal? You know, um, no, I'll be honest with you. A lot of my pitching when that I do in uh dirty water, I'm, I'm kind of just like a straight creature bait kind of guy. I like just throwing like a Berkeley havoc, um, a, uh, pit boss on a, uh, just a five sixteenths, three eighths ounce weight, whatever. I'm pretty straightforward when it comes to that kind of deal. Or I like to throw a spinner bait. I love throwing a finesse, you know, finesse style jig early in the year, like February, March. I I love getting on that bite at Pickwick. Um, you can go run some bluff walls and throw that little finesse jig and just get stomped by big ones. Me and my dad Boink. went right before I went to Cumberland this year. Actually, went the day before I was going to leave, and I caught a. Five ten small mouth and like a seven eight large mouth within like ten minutes of each other on a finesse jig. Oh my gosh, that's nuts! You ever still get into that bite on Pickwick? Like, do they ever get back in those? Well, I remember seeing Marty Stone um, catching them in those cypress trees Mm -hmm. on Pickwick. Is that yeah? That's up at an area called um, Coffee Slough. It's really good. You know, March, April. If we get you know flood conditions, but thing about it is, if you get you get some good high water, you know, late March through first of May on Pickwick, and uh, that water gets in the bushes, dude. It's the best flipping bite, you know, you've ever seen. You can catch one out of every single piece of cover all the way down the bank. It's awesome. Oh God, we got to go to Pickwick. Yeah, let's go. We, I, we, need, we need to get to Pickwick. Let us know when the water's high. We'll be there. Got a lot of fish in it. It's it's pretty amazing. How many hundreds of thousands to millions of bass are in this place? It's crazy. So if I take you to the Waffle House for brunch, will you? Take me out fishing. You buy me an all-star breakfast with a chocolate chip waffle. I can probably put you on a bass. Yeah, <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's the way to it, right there. Hey, dude. Um, I thank you so much for for coming on this show, and, and thank you for rescheduling because we yeah, we, we didn't feed the, we didn't feed the water to the gremlins, you know, or feed them after midnight this this week. So it kind of worked out, dude. And we're really happy uh, uh, that you came back on in the support that you show, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I've enjoyed it, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to come back on another time soon. Dude, we'd love to have you. This sure. is not a normal bass talk show, in case you can't tell. 
That's right. <laughs> he says with a smirkish grin right there. This is your 2017 Forest Wood Cup champion. One more studio audience round of applause for Justin Atkins right there. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to you in the uh, in the upcoming season. And um, enjoy your, um, your time at home with your wife and Zeus. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank, thank you all you. for having me. Excellent. Justin Atkins right there. Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning in uh, tonight. We appreciate it. Without you and your support, this show is absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. We, we, uh, we can't do it without you. Um, and please uh, remember to support our sponsors. Go to straightcast.net. Click on the links. Helps us out. It's going to help you out, too. Hey, uh, next week, uh, we'll be back uh, Wednesday night. Same bat time, same bass channel. Right here, straightcast.net. Ryan, um, where did we get this amazing oh, sign behind our us? Our new right sign. Here? Yeah, uh, my brother, Brett Whitaker, made that for us. Brett Michaels? <laughs> Brett, Brett Michaels, Whitaker. Mi- Brett Michaels, Michaels Brett Whitaker? Brett Michaels Whitaker, yeah. Nice. Um, no, he he, uh, he makes these out of storm windows, and uh, this is what he does. He, he, he's an artist. And uh, it's it's reverse glass painting with spray paint, and he put a light behind it, so we got a light-up sign. And, uh, I mean, he can, if you got if you got big fish you caught, you got a great, uh, uh, your favorite picture, he can paint that for you, too. Boom. Picture of you in your lunker. How do they buy his stuff? BrettWhitaker.net is his website, but check him out on Instagram, um, Brett Wh- at Brett Whitaker Art. Um, and that's uh, it's just anything you want he can put in this kind of form. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any yes. way you want it. And thanks again to my brother for making that Absolutely. for us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brett. Brighten it up. No more wrinkly banner. There it is. And thank you so much to all you viewers out there. Thanks to the guests. Hey, uh, we'll catch you next week. So take those power poles up and head on off into the sunset. I bid you peace, Bass Galaxy. I'm Perry Mike and I'm out. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!